This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. And now, from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is the CMO Spotlight. With insight from top executives on how to address the key challenges facing the business world and the marketing industry. Here are your hosts, Catherine Hayes and Jenny Rooney. Hey, and welcome to the CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes, and I'm really excited to be with you today for our special Super Bowl edition on the CMO Spotlight. Um, We've done this for several years now, and what's exciting about it is that you read all sorts of hype about what's going on, what what's coming up, what the what the you know, of course, as much about the game as about the commercials. We like to talk about it as the Oscars of advertising. Um, But what we get to do here on the CMO Spotlight is to give you the behind the scenes. Uh, look at this from the chief marketing officers who are the ones who had to make all the decisions, the budgeting, et cetera, around these. So um, before we get into a little bit more about the show, I wanted to welcome my co-host, Jenny Rooney. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Catherine. I'm so, so excited to be on the call with you today. Um, I'm sorry I'm not there in person, but I'm so excited about this show because we have two incredible CMOs um, who are joining us and they're going to give such unique and different perspectives, I think, on um, on being Super Bowl advertisers. One is a, uh, a first-time advertiser in the Super Bowl, and the second one is a veteran advertiser. So um, great combination of, of smart thinkers here. So I'm excited. Wonderful. And in fact, um, and just to, to remind everybody, Jenny is the Forbes CMO Network Editor, and I'm I am. co-author of uh, the book, among other, other great things that I'm up to, uh, Beyond Advertising, Creating Value Through All Customer Touchpoints. Um, So with us today, with that, um, Jenny has tapped into her network, and we have Melina Engel, who's the Chief Marketing Officer for Simply Safe, and Dean Evans in the second half of our show, the second half hour, who's the Chief Marketing Officer for Hyundai Motor America. So we're happy to have both of them here. And with that, why don't we go ahead and get started with Melina. Melina Engel, Chief Marketing Officer of Simply Safe, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Hi, Melina. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Oh, good, 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 good. We're so excited to have you um, and and be talking about this because it's uh, first time in the Super Bowl. But maybe you should start by telling everybody what Simply Safe is for those who are out there who don't know. Yeah, so Simply Safe is a home security brand. We provide um, technology and services to keep people safe with a mission of making sure that every home is secure. Um, we're one of the largest security companies in the nation. Um, and, you know, just to set up our conversation about why Super Bowl, we're also kind of a sleeper hit. So I'm excited to stand up to the Super Bowl stage and, and help more Americans know that we're here. And I your journey? Sleeper you, hit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sleeper hit. That's that's a quotable. Um, are you – tell us about your background um, because I think it's it's really relevant to, to, to your company. Yeah, so – um, I actually started my life as an anthropologist in college. I um, was really obsessed with trying to understand culture and, and why people do what they do and how we relate to each other. Um, and then kind of spent some time in the nonprofit world um, and ultimately ended up at this tiny little startup, Simply Safe, 10 years ago, working for my couch um, and you know, trying to bring protection to people and disrupt the alarm industry. So what really attracted me to Simply Safe early days was just this mission of we're going to get people safe, we're going to do it without locking them into contracts, we're going to give them awesome technology at the absolute best value we can possibly bring the product to them, um, and we're going to protect them 24 hours a day, make it DIY, transparent pricing online. And so those values is what really made me passionate about this place. And 10 years later, uh, I'm still here, and we're protecting 3 million Americans. So wow. it's pretty exciting. You know, it's interesting. Catherine, um, I just wanted to make mention, Melina was actually on the uh, inaugural Forbes CMO Next right. list. Um, came out in September, and she was honored on that list um, that we did as sort of, um, you know, one of the CMOs who is representing sort of the, the new new direction of, new mandate of, um, and sort of new charge of CMOs. And, and, and we highlighted people who are redefining the CMO role through their actions, right, even as they're living the job. And 
I think what struck me about Melina was her background, sort of the educational mm-hmm. um, perspective she brought to bear to what she's doing, and obviously how she's viewing marketing and the role of the CMO within the within the company. Melina, can you expand on that just a little bit briefly before we before we do move yeah. into your Super Bowl um, activation? Talk a little bit about you know sort of how you've been sort of centered within the company and sort of what you've been driving in that role. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm part of a cohort of CMOs that are not just marketing executives. We're also, you know, responsible for revenue and sales um, as a direct-to-consumer um, e-commerce, you know, distribution mm-hmm. model. Um, we, you know, I oversee all revenue for the business as well as the entire marketing budget. What's really cool about that is um, all the data is connected. Um, all of the people on my team who are charged with growing this business are um, holding hands together and held to the same metrics and the same KPIs. Um, and so we can um, make sure that every dollar we spend is spent as efficiently, you know, as a value brand, as efficiently and smartly as possible um, to help us you know, get more people protected. Um, so yeah, we're we're real data driven. Um, everything is measured. Um, sometimes, you know, pain, it's painful <laughs> to try to figure out how to measure something. But it's kind of like, all right, let's get everybody in a room and figure out how the heck we're going to try and see results um, when we're trying something kind of wacky. And Super real Bowl alignment. It one sounds like real alignment um, is what I would imagine happens when you've got that kind of a model. Yeah. For sure. That's our biggest, you know, when we thought about our org chart and how to put our team together, um, we just wanted to make sure that um, all of the folks pulling levers were, you know, were warded the same way and that our ship was sort of sailing in the same direction and everyone was rowing in the same direction. And it's been critical um, to our growth. You know, Catherine, you and I talk about that. I mean, that is so critical for all marketers these days, but mm-hmm. whether or not they can actually do it exactly. is the challenge. And yep. Simply Safe is what? Did you say um, eight-year-old, 10-year-old company, Melina? 10. It's, I think it's, um, let's see, we started, the company was established in 2006. Mm-hmm. We started selling in December of uh, 2008, so we're just a little over 10 years old. You know, it's just, it does beg the question, you know, starting a, a company from scratch, obviously, being, you know, building in that purposeful kind of way um, is an asset. It is, you know, it, mm-hmm. and it's harder for big companies to sort of um, revert and, and get that alignment, that core alignment, which is, is just so critical. The other thing I'd add about you, Melina, which I think was so interesting for me personally was, um, and, and as was the case with several of the individuals on this particular list, you know, you may, you as a CMO may not necessarily yet be a quote unquote household name, or you might not be, because I know you were very heads down for the, for the eight years you know, that you've been there, um, you know, and then the focus has been on really growing the business and really digging in. Um, and it's interesting that now, I mean, to go from that and that focus um, and sort of in that stealth mode and that sleeper hit kind of mode, suddenly now you're going to grace the biggest advertising stage in the world on Sunday. So let's, can we move to that? I mean, that is such yeah, a big, huge departure for you. So, so, Bring us back. You we know, want start, the backstory. Start, yeah, start at the beginning yeah. when those conversations started. Yeah, so it actually started a couple of years ago, and we were evaluating the Super Bowl actually on a super performance marketing model. We were like, okay, well, what's the CPM, and how many visits do we expect we'd get, and how many leads, and how many orders, and you know, we were trying to back into a way to price the value of the Super Bowl on a like direct sales model. Um, and every time we ran those numbers and talked to other performance marketers who have tried that approach, you know, we kept hearing like, dude, you're going to burn cat. You're just going to burn money in a trash can fire. Um, uh-huh. So we, we would, you know, run our numbers and say, okay, probably not this year. Okay. Probably not this year. Um, and then, something changed. Um, We started to pay a lot more attention to sort of the relative size of our business and awareness numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was kind of this huge chasm of being like, wow, like we're huge. And the only way people hear about us is if they know someone that has a simply safe, our referral rates are through the roof Mm -hmm. or MPS is through the roof. So they hear about us either through a buddy or if there's something about their lifestyle that triggers one mm-hmm. of our performance marketing right. um, 
vehicles, right? They have like a we've baby. got all these Yeah. They had the baby, they moved, you Somebody know, they're searching in. for home security. Yeah. Um, they're reading articles about home security. So we're you know, we're really great at being there if there's something if you've raised your hand in some way. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But then there's like this whole cohort of people who our research tells us, you know, doesn't research, you know, and kind of goes with their the first person they know. And we we don't even, you know, we're like single digits there on on awareness. So in a very competitive category that's growing really fast. Right? Newly competitive, newly very hot. Yeah. Um, we're we're uniquely positioned, which is kind of cool, right? Like. Um, I like to think about kind of what happened, all the fear around, oh my God, Netflix, what's going to happen when Amazon Prime shows up and Hulu shows up, like the big networks show up and the, and the, you know, hot tech Amazon shows mm-hmm. up and Netflix is killing it. Like they're doing yep. great. Um, and that's, you know, we, we're kind of like, we look at the Netflix and the Roku's out there that are really focused on delivering value to the consumer in this really, um, dedicated and committed way. Um, and that's us, right? We're here to protect people. We're doing it in the, you know, in what I think is the most customer-friendly way with also just like a, you know, there's a real, everybody on the engineering team and on the product team and in the marketing team is kind of like weirdly obsessed mm, with safety. with Protecting. the honor yeah. that it is to protect people. Like wow. it's, it's kind of an emotional re- connection we have to what we do. So um, we continue to be the best and we're, you know, we're not like the big players, the traditional alarm companies that are really kind of priced and priced at, you know, the maximizing revenue price point and locking people into contracts. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're not like the new tech players um, who are, who are kind of using security as a, as a, an appendage to their voice distant wars and data collection models. Um, Mm. You know, we're here to say, like, we've got a single focus. We're going to treat you right, and we're not going to, like, take advantage of of being in your home to to manipulate your privacy. Um, Wow. So as a result, what do you, you know, what... That's a value proposition in this day and age. Wow. No doubt. And how do you... So so you have not released your ad, right? Some companies pre-release. You've decided not to do that, correct? Correct. So, um, <laughs> t- first of all, talk about why that, and yeah. then we'll go into what what we can expect to see as far as just creative direction. But why did you choose not to pre-release it? Well, um, two reasons. The first is we've been working hard at it, um, and it wasn't going to be ready in time to release pre-release it super early. Yep. Um, but we were cool with that when we set our schedule because what we wanted to do was give the spot the the, the sort of unveiling moment at the on the big screen yeah. um, and and not be a spot that mm-hmm. all of that audience had already seen, you know, four times mm-hmm. and already talked about. Like, we really wanted th- to take advantage of this moment at the Super Bowl when cus- consumers are actually watching ads, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. the only time a year they're doing that. Yeah. And so we didn't want to kill that. Like, that's an awesome moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that that means that some of the earned media ahead of time um, wasn't going to be there. But for us, you know, the opportunity to connect with, you know, more, I think the stat is like more Americans than actually vote in a, in a presidential election. <laughs> ouch. Um, I know. Ouch. Yeah, the numbers um, are, yeah. it was upwards of, um, you know, last year was a low of 103 million. So versus a high, I think, in 2015 of, um almost 115 million. So experts are saying they expect it to be closer, you know, certainly higher than last year. I mean, but whichever way you slice it, it's, it is, it is a, a lot of people. And if, yeah. people. and if you're <laughs> yeah. just joining us, um, this is Catherine Hayes. I'm here with Jenny Rooney, uh, Forbes CMO network editor, and we're speaking with Melinda, Melina Engel. She's the chief marketing officer of Simply Safe, and she's in the Super Bowl for the first time. So we're hearing the backstory. Um, so how did so t- take it take it from there then? So you you really wanted to have this this big aha. Jenny was asking, what about the creative? How did you approach thinking about that? We actually spent like three months with our partner agency preacher, um, just like churning ideas out to try to figure out how do we get 
the message to the world about Simply Safe um, and, and, you know, spread the good word. That's why we picked Preacher. They're, they're kind of awesome about this sort of how do we bring the soul of a company onto the, mm. onto the big stage. Um, and it was like, you know, I think there were like 20 awesome ideas. Um, and ultimately, we settled on one that we felt really told the story of the current time that we're in. And it connected really deeply to what our customers were saying about um, what Simply Safe does for them in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, we just launched a sweepstakes to sort of get the word out, like get our customers who are just so passionate about our brand um, talking about us on social. Mm-hmm. And there was one quote that like literally is, you know, the snapshot of the consumer insights we were seeing, which was, you know, um, when I get home and press that button, it's like I can breathe and all the stress of the outside world is gone. Wow. Thanks to Simply wow. Safe. That's powerful. Right? It's, it's more than burglary protection. It's It's like... It's like I have somebody watching my back. True peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I get to chill. I get to relax. My home is my sanctuary. More and more people are spending um, money on making their home a nest and a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I think that reflects just like if you ask anybody, you know, like stuff's kind of anxious right now, right? Like things are kind of messed up. The world's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all carrying that, you know, hyper news cycle. Um, like crazy political landscape, technology advancing at rates like we can't even keep up with, mm-hmm. um, you know, artificial intelligence, robots, um, drones, like interrupting FAA, FAA safety. Like, it's just crazy. Like, we can't, you know, we're, we're all sort of inundated all the time. And home is a place where we kind of just get to unplug and simply yeah. safe is a is your partner in making your home a safe haven and a safe harbor. So let me ask you this cuz obviously and you touch on something that's very very true right now which is that you know we see a lot of brands acknowledging sort of the crazy polarized um, political landscape and and the cultural issues that a lot of people are talking about and dealing with and and the very very real and and various challenges that are causing anxiety and stress and you know causing conversation and some advertisers are squarely deciding to jump into that and take a stand and sort of be part of that conversation. Others are choosing, certainly in Super Bowl advertising, to go and just decide, no, we're not even going to go there. You know, we're just going to provide something refreshing. Sounds like, but you tell me otherwise, you're acknowledging that cultural reality, you know, and the things that are happening right now in society, but you're you're not really taking a stand on things per se, but you're acknowledging that backdrop and then you sort of um, – putting yourself in the midst of that or almost like as an antidote to that. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, I'd say that we're not, we're not interested in, in, um, in jumping into sort of a a political um, fray. We, we protect, you know, our customer base is actually split 50, 50. Yeah. Um, They're there. We have liberals, conservatives, independents. We've got everybody here because we protect people just on a human level. Right. We've Mm -hmm. never been discriminating or picking a side. Um, Our mission is to be your partner in making your life better and and feel safer. Mm -hmm. Um, But that said, I think there are some things that we address in the spot um, that are questionable about the role of technology in our lives mm, um, which is and, you know, maybe uh, taking a step back and, and encouraging consumers to consider, you know, um, how much uh, their privacy means to them. Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating coming from a, essentially a technology company, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've, we've, it's funny, we are a tech company, um, but we don't really think of ourselves that way. We really think of ourselves as a, um, a home security company. Like it's yeah. the technology is like, it's just a vehicle. It's just a means to an end. Got it. So interesting. I mean, this is why I love doing this show. And, and especially now that we're talking about Super Bowl, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear the backstory as I'm sure you are, Catherine. Yeah. Um, what do you hope to have come of Sunday, where, will, yeah. where will you be? Where will you be watching the game, Melina? What will you be paying attention to? You know, what sort of metrics and ROI do you hope to have come yeah. from this? This is my favorite part of this question, of you know, the Super Bowl question. Um, I'm still a performance marketer at heart, so 
I'm like, this is great. I want to build awareness. I want to tell the world about Simply Safe. But ultimately, I'm going to be watching the dials. So I'm going to be looking at things like direct traffic, traffic spikes, leads generated, um, social mentions. Um, we're going to measure awareness over time, you know, afterwards and, and then, you know, like every month after that. Um, we're going to be trying to ultimately connect, you know, this effort to sales growth because that's our mission, right? Like if we're not protecting more people with our dollars that we put out there to, to spread the word, then it wasn't a good investment. Are you also thinking about this in terms of sort of the post of this investment in the Super Bowl ad itself? How are you leveraging that after the Super Bowl? Obviously, yeah. you have a very specific objective for it, which is to make a big splash and to drive awareness. And, and as you were saying, with these sorts of metrics, how are you leveraging that creative um, on an ongoing basis, both um, with the spot itself, as well as other touch points that might might it might inform? Yeah. So we are starting with um, a social media push to begin with to sort of activate our base. Um, we're hoping that we when we everyone sees the ad, there's sort of have some great conversation points. There's a lot of sort of different issues brought up in the ad that um, are are good little little bites of conversations that we can have with our community. Um, and then after the ad, we expect to sort of release um, thought pieces, um, teasers, gifts, videos, um, and continue the conversation in, more in depth on particular vignettes that you might see in the ad. Um, so that's our, you know, that's our kind of pre and post plan to, to make the most out of a spot that we hope um, really resonates with um, the audience. So it's part of a whole. It's part of an ongoing uh, plan mm -hmm. and effort and, and strategy that you have. Yeah. Are you going to make everybody in the room just totally hush when the ad comes on and stop eating their popcorn and, and just focus? I mean, or are you going to be in a, in a control room? Or are you going to be with your agency? What, what, how's that going to I'm going to be at home with my um, two-year-old girl and my oh. husband and hopefully my, my family. Um, I've shown her the spot already, and she prefers it to some cartoons. Oh, so my gosh. Nice. That's a really good sign. <laughs> she gets mad if I don't keep repeating the spot, like the rough cut. Um, oh gosh. So if she likes it, I think I think it'll be good. That's so awesome. But That's Jenny Jenny asks a really good question because, you know, we've, we've heard over the years in terms of Super Bowl, these sort of um, uh, command central sorts of things where mm -hmm. the, the, the marketer and the agency and and social media people and everybody else is sort of poised to to see what happens and and be able to react. Um, and things don't always people don't always react the way that we're hoping to, as we know from right. a, a few different uh, um, campaigns recently. So any thoughts about that in terms of how you're preparing for possible fallout or reactions or, you know, whatever might happen that the, the unknowns? Yeah, so I think, you know, we're not, um, we, we definitely have a, a social staff and everyone on the marketing team is going to be listening to what's going on in the socials during and after. Um, and we're, we're so closely linked as a team mm. that um, we're ready to respond and react whenever, um, to, to whatever comes. So we, we've put a little thought ahead of time to be like, okay, what, what could go wrong or, you know, what, what might upset some people. Um, but, but ultimately like, you know, I think Gillette is probably the great example of, you know, if some people are upset, it's actually kind of a good thing, right? It's a sign that you've, you've actually touched on something. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to, you know, overreact or, or freak out if, if, this yeah. is an uncomfortable ad for some people. And I think it's smart for you to actually, or in refreshing for you as CMO, to watch it in sort of the environment in which other people are going to be right. watching it for the first time. So that I think is really cool. The other thing is, you know, I've seen research that says that, you know, uh, certainly that you do get a lot of bang for your buck if you release the ad and it only show it for the first time in the game. So I think it's going to be exciting to see what the reaction is, um, no matter what it is. Um, so we're thrilled to to see how it goes. Well, I hope you love it and share it with all of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a, you know about 
couple two two minutes left um, before yeah. we have to let you go. But I guess one of the things is, especially as a as a newbie to all of this and going through this process for the first time, what what lessons do you think that you've learned that you can pass on to others who might be thinking about this or even considering this mm-hmm. kind of a big launch yeah. of of something new and different for them? Yeah, I mean, I think for other performance marketers that have um, really you know, line in the sand sales um, objectives and metrics. Um, the really critical thing for me was to look at this by kind of squarely as a, a, a targeted buy, right? And we didn't pull the trigger until the research about who watches the Super Bowl and the research about who purchases Simply Safe pointed in the direction of saying, okay, there is no other way for me to reach this number mm. of my target consumer. Um, so, you know, it could be a huge stage. It could be, you know, it could have all the people in the world. But if, if it didn't have the – if the audience wasn't squarely um, in my target consumer mm-hmm. group, I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Were you, would you say you're a reform skeptic then, personally? Well, the not yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I will tell. It, and it also sounds if like we're it was in it next year then it was a good sign. Yeah. It was it, it also sounds like it's 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 the time is right for you. It just it wasn't right for you before and now it is. It sounds you like You know, I I um I always look back at historical choices and and kick myself in the in the bum and you know, want to be like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, <laughs> you know, the fundamentals were the same then as they are now, yeah. but you know, we're evolving as a company and as you know, our risk comfort and things we're willing to try. And um, and this is the first year that I think as a group, as an executive right. team, we're ready to, to try a big gamble like the Super Bowl. And, you know, I hope it pays off. And if it doesn't, we'll, we'll dust off our feet and we'll try something Get different. Get back at it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Melina. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Melina. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Melina Engel is the Chief Marketing Officer for Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I S A F E. You can follow them on Twitter at Simply Safe or learn more about what they're doing at Simply Safe or just tune into the Super Bowl and watch their ad mm-hmm. and, and all will be clear. Welcome back to CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes and I have with me Jenny Rooney, who's the Forbes CMO Network Editor. Um, we have our very special Super Bowl. Uh, uh, show today. We're really thrilled to have with us um, Dean Evans. He's the Chief Marketing Officer for Hyundai Motor America. And we're really thrilled because you can imagine with a Super Bowl coming up on Sunday that he's a pretty busy guy. So thanks so much for being with us today, Dean. Welcome. Hi, Dean. Oh, hello. And thanks for the great welcome. Thanks, ladies. We're really pleased to have you. So what we hope to do today is get a little bit of the backstory on all of this. Um, you, uh, our first guest, uh, was a first timer for the Super Bowl, and we have you. And I think it's what your eleventh or twelfth year that you guys have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're on eleven or yeah. twelve. Yeah, yes, twelve. Amazing. So, and you just um, you just released your ad yesterday. Is that correct? Or today? Yes. Just came out. Yesterday. Yes. Okay. So so let's dive in. Um, maybe for those. Of- Folks who um, haven't perhaps haven't seen it, let, let's just talk a, bit, a little bit about the um, ad itself and uh, some of the backstory to that. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, you know, we're excited because you know we've been saying um, the Hyundai brand is about acts of the better, and we want to make you know our customers and prospective customers' lives better. We've been on a mission for a while to make the shopping experience um, better um, and the best. And we've been doing that, and so we thought, you know, our retailers have been putting in a lot of hard work over the last year and a half as we've been rolling this across yeah. the country and and making customers at retail even a bigger North Star than they've ever been in our business. And so our retailers came back and said, you know what, it's time to shout it from the rooftops because we think it's a competitive advantage. And so that's what we're doing here at the Super Bowl. We're reminding um, the U.S. audience that uh, we do have a better way to buy a car, and we're bringing Jason to the table to help us communicate that in what we think is a really clever and funny and entertaining way. Okay, so Jason Bateman, talk a little bit about him specifically. You know, obviously choosing the the talent that you're going to have sort of represent your brand, if you will, in the ad is always an important decision. Why, Why did he make the most sense for you this year? You know, we looked at lots of scripts as part of this process. We looked over 250 scripts from around the world, from the best minds wow. to say, 
how does this, you know, creative brief, you know, make people laugh, make sure shopper assurance is represented, and also, you know, um, also um, show our brand new flagship um, Palisade. And so we passed that creative brief around. This script came back. The team loved it. It came from our own internal team, which was even the best news. And um, right out of the shoot, the, the creative leads on it said it has to be Jason because ah. this is who they envisioned on oh. day one when they put the script together saying, That's you know, so elevator great. operator, he's going to have to say stuff like way down, <laughs> um, like he says in the script. And we, we want someone that's just going to feel that um, from a comedic standpoint and a comedic standpoint um, and personal brand level. We all thought, wow, let's see if our first choice, if he's interested. Well, we luck out. Oh, <laughs> you awful. don't always get that. And it was love at first sight between us, and the rest is history there. It's That's such a fabulous ad. I could watch it over and over and over. Truly. It's just hysterical. <laughs> Boy, that I mean, makes so, my day. It's such a crowded space, though. Obviously, the game itself is crowded, and then obviously there are other, you know, auto manufacturers um, in in the game. So, you know, you've done this, you said, 11 years is your 12th year. Is it where you just feel like you have to continue to be present? How do you sort of weigh the decision, or is it never a decision year to year? You just absolutely know that given your history of being there, that you have to be there again. Um, we're going to be in there, I think, for the foreseeable future, um, at least um, you know, while I'm weighing in on part of that decision here. Um, and I only say that only because this is the biggest day of the year where people actually are tuning into your message. We want to see an ad. What a concept. <laughs> We want to I, I know it's pricey, but we're a big company yeah. too, and there are other companies with the financial, you know, sensibility to do something like this. And I just think, from a marketing standpoint, you know, all year long we're we're fighting with multi channels and all this kind of stuff and distraction. And this day, you know, people are pulling out the chips and salsa and the and cracking the beers so they can watch not just the game but the content between it. And so that's why. We have no problem every year investing in it year over year, um, especially with our track record. And I must add, for those who are just tuning in, um, um, I, I level set a little bit. Uh, price of a 30-second spot this year is around $5.3 million, And I think the viewership always hovers somewhere around $110 million, something, something right around there. Um, what are you going to look for this year, Dean, as opposed to previous years, especially since you're focusing on the shopper assurance message you know, what do you hope to have happen um, post-game post, post game and sort of how will you also sustain what you're doing in the game as you move forward? Yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, we're out to get a few things from this year's uh, messaging. First of all, I just think a, a nice brand lift um, will be um, built right in because we are talking about something that consumers do not like, the shopping right. experience, and there is no other auto brand that has anything to talk about, anything like this. And so I think we're going to really stick out from that standpoint. So I think that'll be really great. Um, we're also cameoing our new SUV, um, mm-hmm. and it is a stunning car, and we've put it in a stunning environment. And so I think between a shopping experience and a very visually stunning flagship car, we're going to drive more business to our websites. We're going to drive more commercial business than maybe we have in the past. Um, and I only say that kind of as a juxtapose because last year um, when we did um, our salute to you know our, mm-hmm. our, our platform in, in, in pediatric cancer and yep. our Hope on Wheels, you know, our measurement there wasn't so much are you going to come in and buy cars. What our measurement was customers emailing us back and saying they were proud to own a Hyundai. Yeah. And our customers, you know, raising their confidence. And our loyalty went up dramatically last year. And was it just because of that spot? No. But it's just an example of, you know, what different ROI we sometimes get out depending on the message and the tone and what we're trying to say, car, no car, car service, and and, and that combo. You know, so we think we'll get more commerce out of this year Hmm. um, versus a year before where we were were hoping more of our customers just wanted to stand up and be more proud of the brand and, and things like that. And it sounds like it worked um, for last yeah. year. Yep. Mm-hmm. How did you make the decision, um, Dean? This is obviously a question that we asked this of Melina Engel, our previous guest, but in this politically polarized environment, lots of things going on culturally and in, in, in society and, um, you know, brands sort of taking a, a, some brands taking a, a point of view and taking a stand on different issues. How did you regard that decision making? Did you decide 
out of the gate, you know, no, we just want to do something refreshing. And apart from that, or did you feel like, no, we need to consider this and see how we want to, you know, as a brand um, with that platform, regard what's happening perhaps in the context of, of, of culture right now? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a strategy in the place that says you know to help brand building get out and get on top of you know current trends, current you know s- what society is talking about, what's trending, and sometimes as a brand you can decide to jump in and have a point of view there. My our only guiding star is you have to have kind of a history. You can't just jump right. in for the sake of jumping in. Um, that's where we think that becomes not very good. Um, but for example, we just recently, with the government shutdown, we ran a program where, you know, if you you were a furloughed employee, you know, we stopped your payments until you got back to work. Um, wow. And so we recognize sometimes it's time to jump in, and we've had a history of that. You know, with job loss assurance, we did it a few years ago where we jumped in. So it's part of our assurance mentality. Um, but you know, that's different sometimes than maybe jumping in on a on a point of view that you maybe don't have any background in or or whatnot. And you have to be careful sometimes, like you said, it's polarizing. So we try to jump in and make sure that you know we're bringing people to the center and not trying to take a point of view that we know has. A point, uh, a, a pop, opposite point of view. We try to stay away from those situations. So, just in terms of the the sausage making and and how the 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 ads for the Super Bowl came to be, were there any new? You, you mentioned that this was your internal agency who uh, who came up with it. Were there any new collaborators in this year's effort that you hadn't had before, either from a creative perspective, technology perspective, um, given how things have changed over the past year? Yeah, no, we um, we definitely wanted to make sure we made people laugh this year, and we wanted to make sure Shopper Assurance was front and center, so we knew it was going to have to be something entertainment and not somber, so we went down that road. In regards to the team that pulled us together, there are veterans in the mix. Um, Barney, who's the creative director at An Ocean, um, you know, he's been with us for many years, I think six and seven of these. Um, and then we have someone by the name of Monique Compass, who is on my side of the team, the client side, who's been, you know, basically the creative director on that marketing team for years. And this is her 12th year doing this with wow. us. So there's a very dialed in team um, that um, specializes in what I would call Super Bowl entertainment. Um, and they've been doing this quite a while for us. And to me, they're the secret sauce. Um, yeah, there's director in the mix here. Jason on set was, you know, priceless because he was also doing some of the directing. Um, I would kill so- to have been on set to to, to just see how he deadpans. And he, it, I mean, I, I look at the man and I start laughing. He's it's just so funny. That must have been a blast. Yeah, and we could say I, I was very confident leaving it because I thought we were going to have a really good chance of standing out the Super Bowl because we were laughing on the set all day. And I'm like, okay, if everyone's laughing here all day, we're this is a really good sign for us. You got to do those outtakes on online. <gasps> oh yes, we have them coming. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> That's perfect. That's wonderful. Well, and I guess the other thing that I wanted to ask about is so you had some. Pretty much you have a, a really veteran kind of a team, but it sounds like it was more on the entertainment side, so focused on that. How about the team who's going to be watching with you? Um, we we talked with uh, Melina Engel, and she said she's going to be home with her two-year-old, um, but she's got a team that's very tight, and certainly her social media team will be ready. How do you think about potential risk Um uh, and you know, uh, we've heard of teams in the past who who have sort of a uh, control center and they're together and they're ready with a couple of different options. How do you how do you think about that day and potential fallout? Not just because of what you say, but other things that might happen. Yes, um, you know, every day we have a certain amount of that happening with mm-hmm. our social media, listening, responding in the in multiple teams across the organization. Obviously, on Super Bowl, we've amped that up with a few more people and some more resources. When people reach out and say, cool, we find mm-hmm. out, for example, if they're a customer, if there is a customer, we'd like to high-fi them back, maybe a treat for shouting out. You know, so there's a lot of that, you know, super engagement because of the volume, and so we have more teams. But it's still part of the plan we run every day. It just becomes spike the ball in regards to what we're doing there um, from a scale perspective um, that uh, 
we get excited about because, you know, we are going through a better scale of, of that, which is usually really great. Very seldom, especially with the spot we're going to run, do we anticipate anything too negative or right. anything, oh my gosh, emergency. Right. We're not doing a live ad like we did our crazy heads a few years ago. And so we had to be more on point, awesome, you though. know, on stuff That's like great. that. But this year's a little more toned down from an anxiety standpoint for us. And so. <laughs> There's a few more things that are a little more normally processed, but still part of a very successful, you know, go to market with the Super Bowl because it's obviously not just the spot that, you know, makes it a good uh, play overall. What about the uh, the decision to pre-release it? How do you make that decision? Um, kind of what are your, what are the risk benefits there? Yeah, you know, I think um, a very good question about you know, do do this before or after? You know, before the internet, you springed it on them with the internet today and social media and, you know, things like like we're doing now that, you know, we always do get very interested in in what is before the game. And so today, in our opinion, bringing it out just like we did for a few days so you make it in the, the big mm-hmm. public relations um, yeah. machine that happens pre-Super Bowl, we want to be part of that too and not miss out on that. Um, so that's why we uh, do the quick release now, and we think it's pretty um, standard but still tactically and smart to do it a few days ahead. You know, if I may, Catherine, I just want to ask Dean real quick, because um, I know we only have a, a little bit of time uh-huh. left, um, but um, just separate from the Super Bowl, Dean, you know, um, you know, you're you're such a well-regarded CMO. You you have been so influential in the industry, and and, and with everything you're doing, you know, how do you sort of regard what you're – Mandate is in 2019, what, you know, both obviously within your company, but more broadly, you know, I know um, recently you participated in, a, in, a, in an event where you were reaching out and sort of um, providing perspective on the marketing industry to students. You know, what do you kind of, what do you feel you need to be focused on and sort of giving back to the industry, giving back to sort of, um, you know, the practice and sort of where are the pain points that you feel you can have impact um, as a influential CMO? Yeah, that's a good good question. A lot of good unpacking there. I think starting up, you know, moving forward into the coming year, some of the things we're looking at, you know, we, from a marketing standpoint overall, I think we're still going to be leaning in on how do you modernize media channels today? And then more importantly, this customer experience, you know, it's not just a fad. It really is a lifestyle. I keep reminding our retailers. And so I think we're going to continue to see more development there and, and competitive advantages emerging and more profitability from the companies that continue to do that and move forward and fast there because it is competitive advantage, especially in verticals like automotive especially because they're a little more tricky to do and a little right. more people to the altar to <laughs> have an <laughs> Mary to happen, yep. make it happen. Yep. So all of that, I think, but I think that's that's you know, what we continue to stay focused on. I think that's a, an industry trend that makes sense, and we continue to follow it here at Hyundai because of that. Um, and in more particularly, you know, at least in automotive, I mean, the cars are becoming more computers on wheels, and they're yeah. driving themselves, and new business models are emerging, and people don't own cars anymore, or do they? Yes, they do. No, they don't. You know, so there's all of that <laughs> that goes on. And so we continue to stay, you know, how do we fortify a retail channel like we are, Shopper Assurance? How do we continue to work deep? or with partners like Walmart who are also good channels for us and build out those kind of relationships. So, you know, we are better at retailing directly and better at sub-retailing through other partners, et cetera. So we continue to stay, you know, front and center with the car buying public. Um, You know, all those continue to be, um, I think, stress points for us. It'll be so interesting to see what happens with cars moving forward. Oh my I gosh. Mean, that's a whole... Yeah. That's another show. That's a whole another show. Again. And yes. with that, um, I know, unfortunately, Dean, you uh, you have to run. I know we've uh, we've taken up your time, but we're really just thrilled that you did take some time to, to speak with us and share your insights and some of the backstory. So um, best of luck to you on Sunday and, and going Thank forward. You. And uh, congratulations on such a great, such a great piece. Great. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Jenny. Dean Evans is the Chief Marketing Officer of Hyundai Motor America, and in this role, he's responsible for all marketing activities for the car maker in the United States with a big Super Bowl presence. If you haven't seen his ad, which is out, uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's 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 pretty fabulous with J- Jason Bateman. Um, so we have a few more minutes, Jenny. I wanted to, uh, to chat with you a little sure. bit about some of the work that you've been doing lately. You've been out and about with your Chief Marketing Officer network uh, that you run for 
for Forbes. Um, and I know you've been recently at uh, CES. So mm-hmm. I know that CES and Super Bowl, you know, are two big stages for chief marketing officers as we think about it. But what's kind of the vibe right now? You just asked Dean Evans about, you know, what he's thinking about as he looks to 2019. And he shared with us some of his thoughts. As you spoke with the CMOs and your dinners and your panels and and private conversations, what are you seeing from from them in terms of the key themes that are that are being discussed and thought about for the year ahead? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, Yeah, you mentioned CES, you know, out of the gate, we enter 2019. CES is a big coming together now of CMOs. where certainly the technology is present, but it's almost tangential to some of the other um, core topics that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, a lot of CMOs actually went to, were at were at Davos last week. Right. Um, you know, um, they're convening at a lot of a lot of big events, and they're talking about things like diversity and inclusion, sustainability, um, uh, women's leadership. I mean, these are big issues related to just businesses in general, organizations, culture, society. So there's so much conversation around that right now. And I think CMOs are um, taking the lead in a lot of those conversations. Very interesting. Because they have the platforms, they have the visibility in companies. And, um, you know, they own the voice of the customer. So they feel very much like they have that permission, you know what I mean, to represent the people who they're sort of serving, their products and services are serving. The other interesting thing I'll, I'll just say is, well, just uh, just before that, yeah. I mean, just, I, just a quick comment on when you talked about, you know, thinking organizations, culture and society. I, I know in my experience, if you ask anybody in the C-suite, any with a, anybody with a C title and you ask what's your number one or top three um, thing that you think about, the challenge that keeps you up at night, it's people. Yeah. Um, and it's attracting and retaining and growing great people. And so I just think that it's fascinating that this is – you know, the realm of the CMO, because they understand that how they are talking about their company, what their branding is, is not just external by any stretch of the imagination. It has to be sort of this, this consistency in terms of what they're saying externally, and how they're acting internally, because they will be outed if they don't do so. So it's, it's exciting to me, because I know we've been talking about this for years, but it's exciting to me to have the CMO is really starting to to own that, because I think the implications and the, the impact on the core quality of marketing, in addition to the effectiveness, is is going to be profound. Yeah, the talent issue is really, really, really big, and that still continues to be an issue for them, you know, getting, you know, getting sort of the right people in-house so that you're delivering right to your point, you know, externally, the right kind of relationship. And I, I'm not even going to say work, you know, it's mm-hmm. really all about the relationship and the give and take and the ongoing engagement. So, but the other thing, the other new layer that's yeah. coming in is, CMOs are going to start to have to make decisions, hard decisions around, especially with with all the new technology that's coming in, machine learning and um, AI, actually figuring out how to offload certain marketing responsibilities and duties and tasks to um, to automation mm. versus humans. And, you know, mm. you could think about how, how that adds a whole new layer of complexity to how CMOs need to regard their quote-unquote marketing organizations and sort of the talent and skills they have in-house. Um, what are people going to be best suited for in the new environment of automated marketing um, communications and, and brand engagement? So that that kind of adds like a new layer of complexity. It's interesting because it's, you know, it's been a few years now, right, that um, – you can talk about it as automation, but slightly different is uh, the the rise of programmatic uh, media buys sure. and media buying. And so we've had some experience with that for now, what, that component, four yeah. years or something? It's hard to maybe how long it's been out there. Um, and it, it sort of skyrocketed in terms of usage because of its automation and because its ability to kind of quickly and automatically um, get media buys out there and in theory get things back. And now within the last year, we've realized just how many holes there are in that, how much ad fraud there is, how much lack of viewability. I mean, it's a whole radio show in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So to but your I think po- it goes beyond media buying, you know, what I absolutely. Mean? Other, it's just an example a lot of other, right? It's yeah. an example of, of this automation. But it, 
you still need to have people. You sure. still need to have adults in the room, so to speak, who yeah. who are able to actually say, you know, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We really need to get behind this, understand it. So, so it's to me, it's I, that dynamic of yes, more automation, taking advantage of technology, but different skill sets around actually managing that, the risk totally. of it, the the efficacy, et cetera, et cetera. Very yep. cool. And then other CMOs, I'll just add, other CMOs have just regarded 2019. You know, if you think about it, 2020 is like the nice big headline year. Mm-hmm. And five, 10 years ago, you know, we all looked at 2020 as uh-huh. being sort of this big watershed moment and everything's in the, you know, like Y2K. Like it's just yeah. right. marketing 2020, you know, there were this just... Advertising 2020, which is the project that I ran exactly. that resulted in the book. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, so it's next year. And I think that, that a lot of marketers will kind of grip onto that as mm-hmm. sort of a really cool platform. But in the meantime, 2019 is sort of like a sad little sort of, you know, pre-year. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the pizzazz that 2020 does. But but, the, but what I'll say is some CMOs I've talked to regard 2018 as the year of a lot of talk about a lot of things and churning up a lot of issues and focusing on a lot of um, new priorities. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that 2019 is going to be sort of a year of staying the course, but also finally putting into action a lot right. of things that were talked about in 2018, the big year of change and upheaval. So hopefully this is sort of like a, a continuation of, 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 of the priorities of 2018, but also sort of laying the groundwork for, you know, what we expect to obviously have happen in 2020 and beyond. So that's what I've um, been hearing too. Exactly. That sort of yeah. like, and moving from the, you know, what are these new things and new responsibilities and that, that we're supposed to be doing sort of a new vision yep. and what putting it into action and seeing how do you actually do it and and coming up with the sort of the how the challenges of it that move it from something that's just you know talk to to the hard work of implementation and execution and transformation um so that we can get to 2020 in a different place rather than more talk um and so yeah i think it's to your point it's 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 a build up year but it's actually the action year for for many people to to make those shifts yeah yeah exactly so it'll be it, it's a fun it's always a fun story to follow. Yeah, Marketing. it Marketing is. is a great story. It is. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a great. It's, it, can t- it doesn't. It doesn't disappoint. There's always yeah. something new and interesting going on. Exactly. Yeah, but otherwise, priority-wise, you know, um, I certainly um, I'll continue to engage with CMOs in in our core community and beyond. Um, I think our world's most influential CMOs list is one 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 platform mm-hmm. for that engagement that'll come out in June at, at the Canlines um, yep. Festival of Creativity. Um, we'll have our second annual Forbes CMO Next List. Um, yeah, out next that's going to be exciting. Yep. Which is always a, a, a great way to shine light on some some new CMOs who are who are being disruptive and, and really um, redefining the role. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you can look look for uh, a lot of fun new things from us um, in that regard. And um, as always, I'll be thrilled to join you here on this uh, yeah. show once Excellent. a month. Excellent. So. And I'm going to be spending a, a bunch of time on this notion of responsibility with more of the role, the with more roles that the chief marketing officer is taking on and yeah. greater scope um, and getting into real responsibility for the data that's collected in order to be able to provide more personalized and customized experiences. Um, it's going to mean um, that much more responsibility. So understanding how they're taking a hold of it. So thank you yeah. so much, Jenny. I think we have to wrap up now. It's always a pleasure having you with always. me. Um, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to um, our wonderful guests today. We had um, uh, a couple people who have some great experiences coming up for you on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, thanks to our producer, Michelle Stucker, and our fabulous engineer, Daniel Bruno. Thanks to you, our wonderful audience, for listening and tuning in. Do let us know if you have any uh, questions or thoughts that you'd like to share with us. I'm at Catherine Hayes. Um, and also, uh, do let us know if there's any suggestions you have for new topics or CMOs who you'd like to hear. We'd love to do that. Keep up with all the great shows here on Business Radio at Business Radio 132. Have a great Super Bowl. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.